Devin and Morgana have been celebrating midlife love by getting married a hundred times in a hundred countries. They believe grown-up love gets better and more fun, especially for women. Everyone's smarter, wiser. Men are more relationship-ready. And if they're not, it's obvious. Forget anything you were told about being too old or too late for love and adventure. Instead, get fresh new tips on dating, relating, and travel to exotic destinations. And best of all, call in for personal guidance, creating crazy, sexy midlife love in your life. Hello, welcome to Crazy Sexy Midlife Love. My name is Morgana, and I am with my husband, Devin. Who's actually not with my wife, uh, who's actually on the other side of town. Yeah, this is our first... By a satellite. This is our first time doing an episode not together in the same place at the same time. It is also the ninth anniversary of our first date. And I haven't seen Devin in several days. So this show is like my first time seeing his face in about a week. Yeah, no, that's kind of amazing. And here I am. Yes. And you're beautiful, my love. Very, very. Oh, thank you. So are you. So very quickly, um, I have been a seven-figure life and business coach for 27 years now. And the big pain after I transformed my relationship with money, and that was no longer a problem or an obstacle in my life, what happens that I've noticed for just about everybody when money is no longer the monster or the bad guy, our thoughts turn to love. We want love in our lives, and I'm no different. In fact, I've been searching for the love of my life since I was four and a half, and Devin took his sweet time showing up when I was 45. So I had no idea it was a race, but here we are. It worked out. Yeah, it worked out really, really well. So we're in separate places. Uh, Oh, And I forgot to mention, for those of you who are kind of new to our show, uh, we are 25 weddings deep into getting married 100 times in 100 countries. We started in 2014. We were both 47. And so the reason for the show is nobody told us how much better love gets when we grow up. And we become better relationship partners and, and make better relationship choices. And so that's, that is the reason for this show. And as we grow up, grown-up things start to happen. Like family members, especially during the last year and a half, you know, people, people start to leave our lives. And Devin lost his brother last year in April. And finally was able to attend a family memorial this weekend in Chicago. So how how was that, Devin? Oh, I mean, honestly, it was wonderful. Um, you know, I'm the reason why I'm not there right now is that I am quarantining. Um, and yeah, you know, I had some I had definitely had people who like, oh, you shouldn't be going and all that stuff. And I totally get that. I absolutely understand why that was said and sometimes you just have to go 
And this was one of those times, it's probably going to be uh, one of the last times where all the uh, nieces and nephews will be all together uh, in one place. And this was for me, uh, you know, I, you know, it, sometimes you just have to support family and that's what you do. So uh, I was honored to go and it was great to see everybody. And But that said, so that's why I'm in a different location right now. Uh, and it was, uh, well, it was totally worth it. You know, maybe maybe on day six of the quarantine, I may be second guessing myself. But, uh, uh, you know, I arrived yesterday from Chicago after being delayed hours from uh, tornadoes. We had uh, tornado sirens going off where we were at in Batavia. And uh, uh, then we had lightning delays with the planes. So, you know, here we are. Life life moves forward. So it was it was uh, an adventure and well worth it. It's been agony for me, like after at least a year and a half being together every day. Now you're not here and and it's weird. Like, you know, your bed is made and empty. And you're just not around. Nobody's playing music. Um, I cannot wait for quarantine to be over. Uh, but my aunt works in a hospital. She's the one who runs all the tests. And this is what she said is if, you know, if Devin is going to go and do this, we just need to quarantine apart for 10 days and take a test. And I'm sure Devin is fine. Oh, yeah. no. But I'm, you know, I'm very risk averse. I would rather wait and be safe. You know, I just, we have friends who are, who are sick and it's just, I like to be responsible. I, I just, there, there are things that I risk and things that I don't risk. Um, so, and there's also kind of a real sweetness because we used to go on trips with and without each other, you know, for years, Devin would go to Macau or somewhere, you know, wild and wonderful. And I would go and leave my retreat in Bali. And this is actually how we ha- how Devin proposed was on Skype just like this when Devin was in South Africa and I was in, in Bali leading my retreat. So um, there is kind of an excitement about the, the longing because we haven't been in this situation for a really long time. So that's kind of cool. Yes. So, so here we are. So here we are. So, um, we are going to be opening up uh, the show to live calls at half past the hour at 530. Please call in and wish us a happy anniversary or ask any question you have about love or relationship or travel or weddings. We're here for it. Um, until then, there were some things that I wanted to talk about uh, relating to money and love. In fact, the day of our first date, I didn't want to show up. And and I'm not the kind of person who stands people up. I used to get stood up 50% of the time with online dating. I finally got really, really good at checking in with my intuition. And I discovered that I knew in advance if somebody was going to stand me up. I just sort of had the vibe. I just knew. I don't know why I knew, but I just started being really... Um, way, way more 
selective in who I said yes to in meeting in person. But after like, it's not such a big deal for guys unless they have to travel, but for us to like, you know, put on all the makeup and drive across LA to sit in the coffee house to be stood up is agonizing. So I was uh, like four cities over, two hours away, doing some videos for a girlfriend who is a uh, a matchmaker, a dating matchmaker. And I was recording some videos on money and love and dating for her as a favor and then driving home to have a date with Devin. And I was just like exhausted, sitting in traffic, didn't want to bother Devin's photos were not nearly as cute as he is, but I didn't want to be that jerk face who stands somebody up. Although knowing Devin the way I know him now, he wouldn't have cared and would have promptly forgotten about it um, and continued looking for the love of his life and check out lines at Trader Joe's and at the library. Uh, but I'm really, really glad that I showed up for our first date. Yeah, it seemed to have worked out. Well, the first date lasted six hours. And what kind of showed me what was a good sign was that, um, and this is a really big one for women who feel nervous about dates or you've had your heart broken on a first date. Um, nobody knows you well enough to reject you, but they, what does happen when we don't feel safe, either because of something going on with us or because he's just not the right person or she's just not the right person is we actually don't show up as ourselves. We don't show up relaxed and really present. We start performing. And I was really, really so guilty of that on so many dates before I figured out that if I am being giddy and talkative and braggy, it's because I don't feel comfortable and safe with the person I'm with, but Devin made me feel safe. So a lot of the stuff that I did wrong on some of the other dates, I didn't do wrong with him. I was getting better. It only took me 45 years to figure out what maybe some people know right away. Um, But it was just such a relaxed, nice conversation for six hours. And that was kind of one of my first clues that he was a, a guy to continue with. Um, but also that year, and I think I may have mentioned it earlier, was uh, here's something. This, especially women, if you own businesses, when we're single, we are married to our business because that's what we've got. And in a way, being single can be really, really helpful because love is so distracting. It's like nothing can compare to love. As soon as I met Devin and and after a few months of dating and I was falling in love, my center of gravity really, really shifted. And I got to tell you, my business does not compete. I mean, it does to an extent. I love, I love, I love my business. But for a bunch of years, it was like, I have this new toy called husband. And we get to go marry all over the place. And it, you know, my business was like, you know, <laughs> what can I tell you? We can do retreats in Bali, but like it couldn't compete with being in love. So 
it's a really good time to build your business, build your empire, build your systems, build your financial security before you fall in love, especially because if you are financially secure and secure in your life and your business, you're not going to be looking for that security outside of yourself. And then you can just hone in on who is the best person who lights me up? Who do I like and respect and admire? Who is fun? Who makes me a better person? Who do I want to be with? Who do I trust? Yeah, um, can, I, can I jump in here for just a second? Yes. So I wanted to say what was happening with me. Go ahead. Before the day. I want to find out. Okay. So where my wife has all of this unbelievable knowledge and insight and deep thoughts, I thought, oh, I think I'm meeting this chick at seven. That's what I thought. And so I'm telling, I'm telling you this not to take away any of the value that my, my lovely wife is sharing, but to also suggest that, you know, this is supposed to be kind of, I think dating is supposed to be fun. And if it doesn't, if it's not fun, then you don't have to be on the date any longer. And you're just meeting a person because I think all the pictures, you know, Morgana talks about all of my terrible photos that I put on this dating site, which is almost certainly true, but I like the photos. So really that was the only sort of thing to think about was, oh, I like this photo and I put it on and I didn't give it another 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 thought whether or not I was more of an autumn tones person or a summer complected person or something else. Um, I just put on the photos that I like. So, you know, understand that if you are, whether you're a, a, a man or a woman or somebody else, um, then just understand that, you know, this could be just fun. And if it's great, then, you know, anyway, so I was looking at it just as um, I'm, I'm meeting a chick. I, is, I don't need, I thought it's probably wildly unpolitically correct at this stage of the game, but that's fine. That no, was I think that's important. Um, dating became less painful when I figured out that a first date kind of doesn't mean anything because they, if they reject you, they don't know you well enough, but you can make a decision whether you want to go forward too. Um, but my experience of dating was like, it's a really bad job interview that doesn't lead to, doesn't pay anything, <laughs> but you might end up getting naked. But um if, if like, if you pass the interview, it was, it was just work for me. Like first dates, I didn't want first dates with strangers. I wanted a relationship. So my intention and experience of dating was very different. I had some wonderful adventures. I had some, I had some cool romances, but really I just wanted my partner because that's more fun to me. So that's how we're different. Also, when women go on dates, we're always running the risk that we're going to get dead. So, you know, it's not as light a thing. Okay. And maybe other women, I think some women think that way and some don't, but it's always like meet in a public place. There's, you know, it's, it's a little heavier, I think for me, or maybe I'm just a really heavy killjoy stick in the mud, which is, a Which is just uh, you. Right. <laughs> so I, I want to go back to something that you said a moment ago. Yeah. Which, which 
I, I, I don't agree with, and I'm just going to, uh-huh. I'm saying it with love, is that when you're talking about, oh, when, when you get rejected or when somebody doesn't like you at the beginning, it's not rejection because they don't know you. And I think that's true, but I think that's true on day 20. I think to get to know somebody is a fair, is, is a long-term endeavor to get to know somebody. And even if you get to know somebody, that doesn't mean that they're going to be the same person for the next 30 years. Matter of fact, if anything, it's in all likelihood they're going to, uh, they're going to evolve and they're going to change and they're going to have an opinion one day and then maybe they'll get new information and change that opinion to something completely different two I days later. I hope that about you every day, my love. Yes, I know. <laughs> and so, but my, my bigger point is, is that I think when you enter into this idea about rejection, it's this, I think you're tying in like that it, that it matters. And give me a second to unpack that for a second, because I don't think it's, I don't think somebody can reject me as a, as a worthy soul or as somebody who just has no value. This one, one person's opinion should have zero weight. I'm not saying it doesn't like you go out with somebody for a while and you have high hopes and then it doesn't work out the way you'd like it to fantasies. Yeah. Right. I mean, you absolutely like, you know, it's, I think it's challenging. Listen, right. Cause you are, you are putting yourself on the line, but really what's happening is, is you're attempting not necessarily to avoid rejection or, or avoid risk, but what you're trying to do is kind of temper who it is that you're going to vibe with, who's going to be compatible with you, somebody who's going to give you that, that, that lovely feeling that we all crave, right? We're going to call it love or infatuation or, you know, you find your soulmate or whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how you define it. I think what's important is, is that you kind of put these, these meetings and these relationships, like, you know, for a long time, I would look at old relationships as very much zero sum games. And then when I look back, and this is totally sort of like the crazy, sexy midlife love part of it, is that when I look back at a lot of my older relationships, even when they sucked, even when like, Uh, the woman I was with treated me terribly, right? Like I had every right to yell and scream, which I did. But when I look back at it, it really was a, there were two people involved and B, there was something that I learned from it. Like, you know, all of those bad relationships kind of bring me, they gave me opportunity to reflect and understand and, and kind of see what it is that I wanted to not only change in picking in participating and picking a right person or a wrong person, but also kind of reflective on, well, what do I need to do better or different? And if I'm worried about being rejection rejected, I think it's much harder to find that place where I can uh, see myself clearly and see the kind of people that I'm picking clearly. So I can improve at picking because I'm part of it. Even if I get rejected, like if I pick somebody who's great and that person is just like, hey, man, you just are not floating my boat. It, that's not there. Sometimes timing is everything. So maybe I picked a winner, but it, the timing didn't work out. And so I guess, you know, I, I think as we get older. Right. I think I think my daughter would have a much more difficult time with this whole notion because she's 20. Right. Or 21 now. But I think it's a different thing. And so. I don't know if I'm in agreement with this idea that uh, 
anybody should worry about being rejected ever because there's nothing there's nothing to reject you're already perfect and wonderful and whole and have uh, you know all kinds of crazy fantastic potential um so anyway that was my no i think those are really good points i think it's harder to disengage once your feelings fantasies and hormones have been unleashed uh and the nice thing about a first date is there's no history. So there's, you know, it's just so much easier to like ask the nosy questions that you need to know. Like, why did you get divorced? What are you looking for? Those kind of things, because if it's just not right, then it's fine. Then it's not this person. And this, I'm not this person's person. May he find his person and live happily ever after. Uh, but I do agree with you. Like, it's just kind of the fun thing about getting married so many times is I knew you better 13 days after our first wedding when we renewed our vows or the second time than I did the first time. Every time we renew vows and we choose each other, we know each other better. We know each other's flaws better. We know <laughs> what we thought about last time. We really know the whole package that we're choosing deeper and deeper and deeper each time. And there's something so much more rich and meaningful than the, you know, here's hoping for the best, for better or for worse. I love you because you're really, really cute. And you asked me. <laughs> There, you know, that's, that's what, that, that's kind of what I really dig the most about the getting married is um, not the squeezing into a bra and a white dress and putting on makeup and like all of that. It's the, I'm looking at you and choosing you and you're choosing me and we know each other even better when we do this. Right. Right. I agree. Good stuff. So uh, nine years in um, and life's okay. So I'm guessing if, you know, who's ever listening and watching right now, I hope uh, they're finding great love. And if you haven't, like one of the big points of this show is it's not too late Oh, yeah, for sure. Every relationship you've had, it gives you more of the piece of the puzzle for what you really want. And it is worth the wait. I was going to talk about money and love. Oh, do that. Yeah. Maybe we'll get some calls. But in the meanwhile, I think it's just really important to talk about money and love because they are so related. Just our experience of receiving money is like feeling like we're loved. Somebody chose us. Somebody hired us. Somebody bought our stuff. Somebody said, we want you. And so having lots of money almost feels like you're loved by the universe. And it feels secure. And society tells you that you're worth blah, 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 the more you have. And when you don't have money and you don't have money or, you know, you're not being paid enough for what you're doing, or it's being withheld from you, or you don't have enough money to live the way you want to live, it really feels like you're not loved. 
Like I, I felt like, you know, the ugly stepchild of the universe back in the days when I was struggling financially. And those were actually the words that I would think. I felt like the universe hated me and I wasn't a big fan of the universe either. So money feels like love and they're tied in together. So when I work on relationship with money, my own and on clients, what I found is that our relationship with love has a very strong tendency to change too, because our relationship with money has so much to do with our own lovability. So when you, I like to talk about money as if money is a really like that bad boyfriend or girlfriend who cheats on you, comes and goes, tells you you're not good enough and you believe it. Anybody who's had that relationship knows what I'm talking about. And what we want to do is swap that for a new relationship dynamic as if money were a person who loves you and loves you more than anybody in the world. And as your partner doesn't feel like money or look like money, just feels like love and like this person who adores you, who is worthy of your affection and trust and commitment too. And what happens is the, just the feeling, even though it's imaginary here, just that feeling of being loved and lovable changes us. And we start to uh, relate to others differently with more self-respect, with more self-love, with more compassion, because why? That makes my money honey, my imaginary relationship with money happy. So we set healthier boundaries. We say no to people who don't exalt us, respect us, who, who we don't trust. We just become far more discerning. It's sort of the way to accelerate, you know, these great qualities of growing up. And one of the reasons I'm with Devin is because I had this imaginary, this is the basis of my work, my, my money, honey, my relationship with money cute guy kept telling me to hold out for somebody, for a human being who would love me as much as my money, honey did. And when I found Devin, it, they sort of, they sort of blended in that a lot of the things that Devin would say to me would be the kind of, I could just see my imaginary money, honey, in the background, just rolling his eyes going, I told you so. I told you so. Um, because you want a partner, a life partner who is on your team and, and brings out the best in you. But before you get there, one of the ways to help you do that is to do that for yourself first, because it helps you choose better. So what happened then when Devin and I became a relationship and then even more when Devin and I got married, I saw my money results change. Like even the, the year that I met Devin, my finances quadrupled. I had, and, and it, it, it was just like trying to hold on to the tail of the tiger. My business was taking off so fast and I had to change my business uh, to keep up with how fast it was going. But I also had changed my business at the beginning of the year. And this is what I remember. Now I remember I wanted to tell this story especially for women who are in business and men too, is you need to make space for love. And I knew that I wanted to travel the world with the love of my life. I just hadn't met him yet. So at the beginning of 2012, 
I came up with a business plan where all of my physical products were going to be digitalized. I was going to work with fewer clients. And I call this business plan my make out with the cute guy business plan. And that is the year that I quadrupled my income and I met Devin because I knew that if I wanted to travel the world with the love of my life, I couldn't be standing in the post at the in, in line at the post office every day, shipping off CDs and workbooks and stuff like that. And I knew that I couldn't be coaching four or five clients a day every day if I wanted to leave the world for months at a time, just waking up in my true love's arms in Italy or India or Prague, searching marketplaces and museums and seeing what happens and just living like that. And by the way, that's what I wrote in my dating profile, that that was my dream. Wake up in your arms in India, Italy or Prague, and we just check our emails, go out to museums and marketplaces, get lost, see what happens. And we do that for months. And that was the, that was the vision that repelled the wrong guys, but attracted Devin, who's the right guy, who went by the moniker travel guy. What a sign, right? Uh, clever. Yes. It really and took a I, long time to come up with that. Must have, you must have struggled with that one. It was. It was a lot of work. I, I had to, you know, I had to blot my forehead because it was so stressful. And there weren't even any numbers. You were like, just travel guy. You got to that first. Amazing. Nobody else took that. Yeah, no, it was just a long, but apparently you needed to find it. So well, the numbers might have been confusing. Yeah, despite your terrible, terrible photos, you wrote a good letter. Okay, good. All right. Well, that's a plus. Well, even more compelling than all those guys who wrote "You are hot." Oh, uh, well, you, you know that was that was initially what I had written out. Yeah. But then I had these other yeah. thoughts, so yeah. I thought, okay, well, maybe <laughs> I'll go with something else. Okay, it's half past the hour. I don't know if we have any callers, but if you want to call in. And we can talk about anything related to, you know, love, marriage, relationship, travel. Um, and also today, since we're talking about money, too, you can talk, you can ask about that um, phone number to talk to us live and celebrate. Hey, just call and wish us a happy anniversary. 888-627-6008. Because Obviously, we usually have our anniversaries privately, but since we're on Zoom, uh, we thought, hey, why not invite the world to our ninth anniversary? Right. Minus the banana foster that I think we had two years ago. Oh, yeah. No, we had some good, we had some good desserts because that's. That's your thing. That's a requirement for me. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I just do want to say that I had, you know, other than seeing family when I was in Chicago, I had three major goals that I wanted to accomplish, um, and I did them all. Uh, one, one was uh, have White Castles. They're really crummy little hamburger that they really make only in the Midwest. Um, two, deep dish pizza. And... Three, Vienna hot dogs, Chicago dogs. So I just wanted to say that uh, achieving goals is really important. Meanwhile, I've been cutting sugar, cutting caffeine, 
exercising and gaining weight? Well, okay. So my experience is, is that once you make a change, if you keep it up for like a month, that's when you're going to start seeing results until then. Like, because what happens is you build muscle mass and your fat's still figuring out what you, what it wants to do. And so the muscle mass makes you gain weight. And then the fat is just the fat. And so for me, I have to, like, I start seeing results after I'm doing something for about five, six weeks, but it has to be, you like, you can't give up. You just have to keep doing it. So keep doing it. My experience of you is I'm going to stop gorging on candy bars and boom, you lose 15 pounds. Well, but somehow I gained the 15 pounds to begin with. So it's not a perfect system. (laughs) So you're just going to, you know, you can do it. Just keep doing it. Keep doing the thing that you set out to do. And A, it'll get easier. And then B, you'll start you know, yielding results. And it does. It always takes me like somewhere between five and six weeks to like start seeing it. And then once I start seeing it, it happens pretty quickly. Then it's like the next month or so, like two and a half months in, I will lose those 15 pounds. But I have to be diligent in not doing the thing that made me gain the 15 pounds. And yes, I will probably need to do something after all the Chicago dogs, deep dish pizza, and, uh, and the White Castles, which but I did you love it. Did you have a great time? I had a great time. I mean, there was something about it. I mean, there was something ridiculous about it as well. Well, this is your spawning ground. This is your these are your roots, right? Although you were probably too young to. Yeah, no, there's just always been a fondness of the stories that mostly came from the family that comes from Chicago. And when I would go back, that's what we do. Oh my God, we got to have white castles. And then we would, Oh, got to have deep dish pizza. Oh, and then we would. And so you do those things. And now all of a sudden you start developing a culture of love for these things. Although I really, you know, nothing personal to white castle hamburgers. Um, But yeah, you know. Back to in and out. Oh yeah, no, in and out's better. In and out's better. But the sliders have something, you know, they have something. And sliders, they're little. We can get some at Costco or something. Yeah, that doesn't, that's not even, that doesn't even count. Okay, sorry. It just doesn't. Yeah, no, I've done that a few times. It doesn't, it doesn't work for me. It's not, it's not the same thing going into that like white castle on the side of the road in, in Aurora, Washington, or not Aurora, Washington, Aurora, Illinois. Now, I would have thought that on your list of top three things would have been going to the Baha'i temple. Oh yeah, no, that was totally, that's a big one, but I've gone before this one, this trip wasn't uh, able to do it. Instead we went and saw my brother's tree. Uh, My niece uh, Liz uh, found a location. I don't even know how you did it, do it, but she found a location to plant a tree in my brother's honor. That is, oh shoot. Montauk Lincoln it's in Lincoln Park and it's off of like a big freeway exit anyway so it's right 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 on the lake it's a beautiful location it offers that tree offers almost no shade um, which you totally need when you're in the summer in Chicago but it was a beautiful day and but it's a baby tree right well I mean it's not like a baby tree like as in two feet tall it's like a baby tree that's like 10 feet tall. So, 
<laughs> yes, and somebody tore off one of the branches. It was probably by mistake, but it was a, you know, it was a shame. But I think that tree will be there for a very long time. The, you know, I brought up the exercising and the, you know, watching my intake just because, you know, I see it going up again. Um, and if, you know, if I've learned nothing from my father's passing and then, you know, the pandemic this last year is that we really only get one body uh, and it's precious. Um, and doing things that are fun and don't feel like work or exercise or effort, whether for me it's dancing or it's swimming in the ocean. Um, because I can look at the houses as I swim by and, uh, it's, it's not crowded. It's like having just this ginormous 3000 foot almost private pool because not many people actually swim in the lagoon. Uh, it's so, it's just so good for like managing stress. And for health and getting those all important D vitamins, especially as we get older, um, it's just like nothing is better for mental health than, you know, finding something that you like to do that moves your body. That is so much fun. You'll do it even though it's exercise. Mm. Uh, Definitely, especially in the summer when we can get out. If, if, you're just starting out and you've, you know, been quarantining indoors forever or for whatever reason, I would say start with something like super duper duper easy to just get back into your body. Even if it's just getting outside and putting your bare feet on some soil or some grass or some sand. I think that, that that's kind of how I started. Um, baby, baby, easy steps, just feel good about, you know, spending five or 10 minutes with your feet on, on real soil, connecting to the earth and just let that and get some sunshine. If you're in the Northern hemisphere and just get yourself started on that, you know, come from a place of self-love, um, dieting out of any kind of self-hatred any kind of not finding yourself acceptable or beautiful or lovable as you are doesn't work. It's not good for you. It doesn't last. And it also doesn't attract the love that you want. I would say just come from a place of just self-love. And that that's what attracts the outer love. And I know people talk about that all the time. And I, and I want to say, that um, I'm very hesitant to tell anybody to love themselves because when somebody says to me, well, you just have to love yourself, the way I internalize that as shoot, that's another thing I'm not doing well enough. Another thing to put on my list is, oh, now I don't love myself well enough. And that doesn't make anybody feel better. That doesn't, so I, I find it far, far more useful to focus on, Kind little actions. Yeah. Devin, you you always are saying be gentle with yourself. I that's one of my favorite things that you say. That's such a good place to start. Well, I mean, I, I think the idea behind a lot of that is that 
you know, as individuals, we, we want to change, right? We notice these things and maybe it's weight and maybe it's not, and maybe it's diet and maybe it's not. And, you know, right. But everybody's got some kind of thing. Ooh, I'd like to change this thing. And I think the hope is that it's like a light switch, right? Like one day it's just, you know, off. And then all of a sudden I turn it on and then it's done, right? Like magic. And um, I think that doesn't happen for the vast, vast. I mean, once in a while, there's some nut who just like, oh, I just, I decided to be a, you know, heavyweight boxer. And then three weeks later, they're the champion of the world. But that's very, very rare when those kinds of things happen, right? Um, you know, most people just have to really work at it, develop good habits and things like that. And so my thing is, is like, yes, you, you have little goals and you try to meet those goals. And once you get good at them, you add little other little goals. And, you know, I think, I think it's supposed to be easy. And by the way, this is kind of part of my relationship philosophy as well is a part of the reason why Morgan and I work well, is not because we work diligently at it. I mean, we do, don't get me wrong. Like, I have to be conscious and, and be a present partner within the relationship. And it wouldn't work if like everything that we did or everything that she did or everything that I tried to create within the relationship was just stressful. Like there has to be a piece where it's easy. Like you have to, I mean, if it's easy, then you're still going to have to do something to maintain it. Right. But, but my point is, is that yes, you, it's supposed to be easy. Like if you're working crazy hard, like just endlessly diligent uh, to maintain a relationship or do a hobby, uh, my guess is you may be working too hard. I mean, if, you, if it works for you, great, big thumbs up. I wish you lots of love and blessings with however people's lives manifest. Like if you want to be an Olympian, I think you have to just work like crazy. If you com- love it, that's the thing. Is- right, if you love it, true. Love it. But, but again, going back to like relationships, I think there has to be a certain, the easy part is the, uh, sort of like the automatic willingness, like, ooh, okay, cool. I'll, I'll date her some more. That should be good, right? Well, so if, think- and if you find yourself with someone you can't make happy, then that's not your person. If, if you're just like bit, twisting yourself into a pretzel, just trying to win a person's love, or, or make them happy with you, that's not your person. Well, I, I, would, I would say that it may, I, I have no idea if it is or it isn't. I would say, though, if, if you're attempting to try to make somebody else's, somebody else happy, like that's success, I think that's the wrong strategy. I think it may not be the, you know, it, it could likely be not the right person, but I think uh, it puts too much stress on this zero sum game, like, because nobody's happy just every day, all the time, you know, we're up, we're down, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we wake up in the morning and we're fantastic. And then some weird little thing happens and derails all of it. And that has nothing to do with off. You've had your depressed year. I've had my depressed year, you know, totally. You just try not to have them at the same time. Right. But even then it's, it'll be okay. I mean, again, you still try to be in the relationship and do your best. But I, I just don't think that the goal is making somebody happy. I don't no, think you I, can do that. Like one of my early relationships was somebody who just 
like didn't approve of me. Oh yeah, no, that's that's not good. Like there was nothing I could do that would be good enough in his eyes. Like why we were together is, you know, well that that I can theorize on, but we were, you know, we were really young. We were like 21 or so, but I, we weren't each other's person. Well, that's, I mean, I think you summed it up right there. I mean, I don't know if that's, I mean, I think that's one of those kinds of relationships that you learn from like, oh, okay, that's not what I want. That's not, you know, that's not the person that's, you know, um, I remember like I had this older cousin who was just really sarcastic. Um, but he was entertaining. And I remember him saying one time, uh, you know, I think she's really attractive if she only had a different head and a different body. And, you know, which is obviously a terrible thing to say, but it's that kind of thing. Like, in other words, oh, you'd be terrific for me if, if only you were just completely different. If only you weren't you. Right. If you were only a different person, it would be magic. And so I think it's just, you know, easier that we, we, try to start learning what really makes, what, what, what's easy, what feels easy and doable and manageable, you know? Well, I think a lot of it also has to be um, having the faith in yourself and the world that if this person isn't your person, your person is out there and that you are lovable. Um, one of the, you know, biggest shifts for me was when I was, uh, 35, 10 years before I met you, I made a decision to stop pretending not to, or not to know on the first date. Oh, how did it go? I, I made a decision to stop pretending for two years, not to know what I knew immediately. Like when I was looking at the relationships that totally, you know, destroyed me, the reason we broke up, I knew, I knew what was wrong right away, but I just wanted to be in a relationship so badly. I just wanted it to work so badly that I pretended not to know what was really obvious. And, um, you know, people let you know who they are. Yeah, like Devin was saying, yeah, we do change and we do evolve. Devin thought he was dating a brunette with good eyesight. And now he has a blonde with glasses and a hearing. Right. Aid. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> it's, it's just a win-win. Tricked you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what was I thinking? <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's just if you don't love somebody as they are, that's not really love. That's one of, you know, the greatest things about growing up is we have less time to date potential. Well, and by the way, I think the flip side is, is that too. In other words, if you are telling the person you're with, well, I would love you more if you did these things, right? If you made these small changes, if you loved me, you would do these things and somehow be better. You know, that's something you have to look at within yourself of what do you think you're owed within a relationship. You know, if you're making somebody jump through hoops, like if you're jumping through hoops to be in a relationship, you know, maybe that's the wrong strategy. But I think all this, the, the converse of that is if you're making somebody else jump through hoops, then perhaps, uh, you know, you're, you're also dealing with the wrong strategy of, of maybe 
uh, the person you're with would be great with somebody else, you know? I think there's probably some testing early in the relationship to see. Oh, sure, sure. Are, will the person show up? And are there things that you and I would love to change about the other? Yeah. But what? The thing, right? But <laughs> what? The, <laughs> who, are you, who are you talking to? <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure. Is there, is, is there a hidden camera here somewhere here's, here's, to, to see my outraged reaction? But I still, but you and I still choose each other anyway. We choose each other anyway because we're, because we're choosing the whole package. Well, and that is, listen, I, I don't think, I just don't believe that the point of a relationship is to have a hundred percent, like where just nothing happens and everybody agrees with everybody nonstop constantly. That sounds wonderful. Well, it sounds pretty good. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I actually know, I do know a woman and she's been married for 25 years to the same guy. Uh, they seem like they seem great. And she claims that they have never had a fight in the 25 years, like never about anything. And maybe there's some sort of a definition of what fighting looks like for her that is making no sense to me. And I applaud her. Like maybe that is part of the relate. Maybe that's part of their destiny together. Is like, Are but there- this is one couple out of like all of them, like well, all had- the couples <laughs> that we I've had- met. We had Matt Zinman on our show a few weeks ago, and he also says that in like his several years, I don't remember five or six years of marriage, he and his wife have never fought. But he wisely, I what I got from it is she's like this badass maybe I forget like national security kind of person. Uh, and he just knows to agree with her. Right. Cause he might get a whooping or something. <laughs> um, but then, you know, my grandparents who bickered all the time and were just madly passionately in love with each other every second. Well, I think they're, I think they're bickering as somebody who has witnessed their loving bicking, bickering is, um, I mean, I think that was just part of their way. I mean, I think, I think it was fine. I don't think any of it was done purposefully or, or done to disparage somebody else. I think they just had, you know, that's how they expressed themselves. And I think that's cool. Like, I have no, Their first date, no problem with that. They argued about politics. And then right. they went to her grandma's house and had sex. That was... <laughs> right and and grandma would have yes, used grandma. far different language yeah she used much that. more colorful language right far more far more uh yeah colorful language was probably correct <laughs> yeah she was a sweet sweet lady yeah i mean listen i think i think relationships are supposed to be easy i think there's they're intended to be at least a little bit of work uh where you have an opportunity to have sort of like a partner in whatever the problem might be, you know what I mean? So when yeah. one person isn't doing well, the other one can kind of well be of service to the other. And I think that's part of, I think that's part of what we're supposed to do. Yeah. I think that, you know, fundamentally you have to just deeply like and respect the other person, you know, on, um, and that, and that's not that kind of quick and easy. Oh, yeah, I met him at a party. Really cool guy. I like him. It's that kind of um, 
again, like we were talking about every, every time we say vows, it means more because you know the other person more and getting to know somebody it's maybe a lifetime thing. All true. All true. So nine years, I still love you a lot. It feels so much shorter though, doesn't it? (laughs) It does for me because it feels fresh. I've never been in a relationship for nine years. Well, um, you know, good. So here we are. We're, we're stepping, we're putting our toe into new territory. Yeah, heading to San Miguel de Allende, Mexico next month for my ultimate money goddess retreat. This is the first time that I'm allowing a guy to be present, not for any of the coaching, but Devin is actually going with me. Um, He's going to handle all the Spanish speaking for like taxis, hotels, restaurants and stuff like that. Um, Right. It'll be my participation will be almost minimal. Well, most of the time you're going to be, you know, just kind of wandering off, doing your own thing, having fun while I'm coaching the women. Um, And then we can come home and we don't have to quarantine from each other. Uh, And I have one spot left. If anybody watching is curious about what I do, go to uh, beamoneygoddess.com for the upcoming retreat in San Miguel. This will And this be- is your marquee event, right? Yeah, this is this is my 10th um first time in Mexico ever since we went to San Miguel for the first time in 2017. I've had this itch to do a retreat in San Miguel de Allende. And usually I do it in Bali. Uh but Bali is closed, you know, for now because of world events. Uh And so it's the perfect excuse to do it in Mexico. And instantly, first client signed up because she wasn't able to go to Indonesia, but Mexico she can make. And we just have like the most wonderful women, super, uh, it's it's a combination of really, really smart women who are also really have this intuitive side. Some of them are very artistic. And there's often a loneliness for really, really highly accomplished, successful, smart women where uh, sometimes they tell me that it feels like they're space aliens because other women feel threatened or don't understand them. Men don't get them. Their family doesn't really understand them. So when you find a community of women who are like sister space aliens like you, it can be a real breakthrough life experience. And I've had women go home from the retreat and fall in love and meet their life partners because when we change on the inside, we change on the outside. So that's what's coming up in September, my annual Money Goddess Retreat. Uh, This time, it's usually not this time of year, but it's going to, I think, September, the weather should be perfect. It's going to be a giant national holiday in San Miguel. So there will be fireworks and festivities. And there's just going to be a really intimate group of deep coaching on transforming relationship with life, money, self, and love at beamoneygoddess.com. That sounds amazing. I'm so glad you're coming this time. Well, again, I won't be there, but I'll be around. I'll be nearby. 
You'll be there for me at night. Yes, all of that is true. Yeah. So any any final words on nine years together? No, oh, it's special it's, about number nine. Oh, um, you know, nine is a, an interesting number, the way it divides upon itself and how it multiplies within itself. So it's sort of there and not there at the same time. And, you know, the, the Greeks looked at numbers very different than the way we do. In other words, uh, one wasn't about being single or or alone. It had to do with uni- unity of the all. Um, and two had to do with the duality. Number eight has to do with notions of completion, where nine sort of moves beyond completion into sort of like a, an otherworldliness. Uh, but it's a fascinating, it's a, you know, I wish I had more time to, to look up stuff on number nine, but that said, uh, I'm looking forward to the next year and I love you. And is this going to be our otherworldly nine year? Yeah, that's it. We're, we're peaceful. Maybe last year was, we just completed nine years. So we're we're moving into the 10th year. Yeah. So what is that? All right. Well, well, thanks, honey. Then just forget everything I just said. I adore you. <laughs> I adore you too. All right. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. And to all of those at home, crazy, sexy, midlife love. We hope to see you next week. With special guest, Evan Mark Katz, who was my coach when I met this cute guy named Devin and I started going crazy and I needed a coach to talk me down from the ledge. So you don't want to miss next week with Evan Mark Katz of... I think his school is Evan Mark Katz. Yeah. And love you and all that kind of stuff. You're going to, it's, he's, it's such a, he, it's so much fun. He's such a cool guy. Um, has been a great friend ever since. So yeah, join us next week for crazy sexy midlife love with special guest, Evan Mark Katz. Mwah. Thank you for listening to Crazy Sexy Midlife Love. Please sign up to join our free love family at crazysexymidlifelove.com to get alerts to live shows, call in and ask questions, or just listen in. And ladies, don't forget to download Devin's free ebook, Women Are Smarter Than Men and Other Secrets Marriage Minded Women Need to Know. Also available at CrazySexyMidlifeLove.com